where we are comparing ourselves to everyone across the world. That is what young adults we feel like need to get over the hump. And I think it starts with a little mental fortitude. It's about like what you're doing internally in order to get to the next place. If we never let discouragement and a failure or a rejection or anything that just brought us down get to us, like how productive could we actually be? Hello? Hello? Hey. Hey guys, it's your host, Dasam. And Emma. Here with another episode of Before, Before We Make, Make It. it. And today we have two very special guests with us, Sam and Parker from Elevation Nation. Why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Go ahead, Parker. Kick us off, man. I, I was going to say, Sammy, like usually you kick us off, but sure. Yeah. Hey, guys, we are excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. We're not coming from the same place. I am in New York City. Sam is in D.C., but my name is Parker Yablon. I'm from New York City. I went to the University of Maryland. I do government consulting for my full-time job. And on the side, Sammy and I started a company called Elevation Nation. And we're on a mission to help young adults conquer the real world. Absolutely. And my name is Sam Panich. I am one of the co-founders of Elevation Nation and co-host of the Elevation Nation podcast. And we are so excited to be here and talk about adulthood, your mindset, and hopefully help some young people conquer the real world. Because as you both know, it's not very easy. And that's why we both have very similar podcasts with similar missions. And I'm so glad that we were able to connect with both of you. So we're hyped. Yeah. And y'all need to check out our episode on Elevation Nation when it comes out because we're doing a swap and it is going to be epic. So guys, we'll get right into our truly obsessed segment. Y'all know the drill. Let's talk about anything we've been loving lately, music, food, trends, etc. Emma, do you want to take it away? All right. So I'm going to go ahead and get into it with a music favorite. I don't know if anyone has seen the gospel girl reboot mm. i know it's kind of basic but it's Ooh. so good like please do not knock it until you try it it's so good um it's a lot different from the original one but in the first episode the soundtrack was just immaculate and they played rich kids by frank ocean so it just made me very nostalgic for his music so i've been into him a lot recently and then i also just read a book that i don't think i've talked about yet but it's a book wreck called regretting you by colleen hoover i love to give you guys book recs on here so if you're into you know those cheesy romance novels with a lot of really good quotes that you can highlight please check that one out i gave it a 9 out of 10 but that is it for me and just why don't you take it away with yours for me guys i have been okay so i recently watched the grammy nominated movie parasite which is a Korean movie and it's quite famous and I can't believe I haven't watched it being Korean myself so I watched it it was stellar like so such brilliant like filmography like videography whatever like just amazing I loved it so much so definitely recommend that and then this is an odd favorite, but if you know exotic foods like, you know, octopus flavor things, etc. <laughs> like there's this actually like really, really good like snack in Korea. It's basically called like in English like squid 
snack, squid snack. And it's basically this like crunchy cracker with like a peanut in the middle. And then it tastes like squid. And it's literally amazing. Like if you like seafood, like shrimp flavored crackers, like that's all the rage here. Like that kind of stuff I've been really into. Kind of like Cajun, but make it like Chips Ahoy or what, what do you call that? Like Lay's. <laughs> so yeah, that's been my two favorites as of late. But Parker, if you want to give us yours. Yeah, sure. I mean, Emma, first of all, Gossip Girl, the reboot. I never saw the old one, but I will have to say my girlfriend watched the first episode. She was like, oh my God, how could they do this? Turned it off. Hasn't gone and watched it again. But, you know, I'll take your recommendation. Maybe I'll pick it up one day. Can't, I, I like Frank Ocean, so I like that uh, recommendation, I guess. But Parasite uh, is awesome. Honestly, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where none of it was in English. And I like loved it i watched it like three times already um but what i'm into lately did you guys watch the mayor of east town on hbo yes i saw the first episode <laughs> it was but the, really yes but the thing is i wasn't hooked like i'm not gonna lie <laughs> oh my god that show was amazing i watched the undoing which was also hbo also incredible but like this one took it to another level if you get through the first like two episodes i think like you're in for a treat and you don't want to stop sam i see you. did you watch it so parker was like sam you gotta watch mary Easttown. i was like all right fine watch the first episode with my roommate matt and we both looked at each other and we're like nah didn't do it for us so i'm with you emma i guess parker i'll, I'll watch the second episode if i'm not hooked by then i want my money back but we'll see we'll find out you got to get to the third episode but in terms of music i i collect records ladies um i have like 35 already i bought a record player last year at the beginning of covid or maybe it was before covid and i just bought young the giant one of their first mm -hmm. albums and i cannot stop playing their music they're so incredible i've been watching a ton of youtube on them um so hopefully they're still touring i don't even know if they are or not but uh yeah highly recommend young the giant okay well super quick just to your like tv show debacle tell your girlfriend to keep watching because i promise it's not like it's not going to be like the old one and it's not trying to be a remake of it it's just like i think of it as a whole separate show like I, it's very gen z but <laughs> but um yeah but i'll i'll give mayor of east town another shot because i could tell like it's you know the, if the un, if you like the undoing then you probably have good taste because i like the undoing also so i might give that one another shot but <laughs> How yeah, about yeah. This? Emma, i'll convince my girlfriend jj to give it another go for gossip girl and you have to then watch the second and third episode of mayor of east town okay yeah i'm down <laughs> and, and then we'll have to come back yeah exactly okay all cool. right sounds like a deal easy that all right and sam you could take it away with your yeah. truly obsessed yes thank you so i have a couple things one it's hot in dc it's a hot summer here real humid and parker knows this i love to cook um so i've been grilling fruits more specifically peaches mm. on the grill i'm obsessed with incredible put them on top of like a savory salad you can have them as dessert they smack so that's your culinary tip of the day you're welcome everybody and then the Wait, book what? that i just do actually what, parker yeah bro that's, it's called i've never heard of that peaches. that sounds kind of cool you're gonna have to give it a try it's absolutely delicious <laughs> i guess you can grill like apples you could do pineapples and peaches know? and pineapple you, apples. you got lots of options yeah. never even thought about it oh yes. pineapple pineapple and pizza yes or no mm. I'd say yes. No, on the grill only. 
But all right, so grow your fruits. You're welcome. Message me if you like it. And then the book that I just finished was Green Lights, Matthew McConaughey's autobiography. And I really liked him before, but now I actually just want to be him. He has the coolest mindset of anyone. How he went about his life is absolutely incredible. I only can hope to be half as cool as he is and have half the mental fortitude that he has because he's been kicking some butt. So those are two things that I am truly obsessed with. Thank you, Sam. I actually really want to listen to that autobiography. I've heard great things. Um, but we'll just get right into our content for today. Let's talk about transitioning from childhood to adulthood, harsh realities, and of course, breaking the mold as y'all have so well done. But we want to talk more about expectations versus reality. Like what did y'all expect going into adulthood as like kids, teenagers, and even college students? Emma? Yeah, so we've definitely talked about this so much on this podcast, and we're going to keep talking about it because that is the whole theme of Before We Make It, and I don't think that you can ever really exhaust this subject because I feel like all of us are feeling some sort of way about it. So like for me personally, I just always expected, you know, when I was in my early 20s that I would somehow fall into my dream job and everything would be perfect. I would have my dream apartment by like 23, 24. I would have, you know, a husband and kids, which is just so funny to me because like that seems light years away at this point but it's just really crazy because when you're a kid you look at the adults and you think that they have it all together but now that you're in this stage of life you sort of see for yourself like holy cow no one really has it together like even in your 30s and 40s and so on you're still figuring it out as you go so I think that's really been like a huge realization lately um especially like right after graduating no I think that's such a valid point Emma because one of the realizations I had that kind of made it click for me because I had the same thought as you like you when you're growing up you look at all the adults or mentors in your life and you think like wow they have it figured out like they have a home they have a family they have a job they know how to dress like all these things that I didn't know how to do as a kid growing up and I think the like one thing it sounds silly that kind of rem- made me realize that adults are just big kids that make more money and spend more money was when I got to adulthood and I realized that no one else understood taxes. Like it's not just the kids that just come out of college that don't get it. And you're like, Oh my God, this is so confusing. Like you talk to your parents and you talk to like coworkers and they also don't understand taxes. And that's not like, yeah, like accept accounts. And I was like, all right, cool. So nobody really has this thing figured out. Like everybody's just a big kid. Right. And that kind of made me honestly feel better about myself because I thought I had a lot of catching up to do. And now I just realize that they're just big kids with money. One of the ways that Sam and I frame, you know, the transition from college to the real world with Elevation Nation and what we're talking about on our podcast is you think of it this way. You you go through life on, you know, you have this GPS. It's routing you along the way. Um you know, you have the people who are helping you guide through life, your parents, coaches, family, friends, teachers, and you're going and you graduate high school. And if you're smart or enough or you get the opportunity to go to college, you then go to college. But then you're kind of still guided by people such as maybe it's your friends, 
probably still your parents, your siblings, whomever it is. And what's so unique to when Sam and I both graduated, and I'm sure most of you listening to this now, if you've gone through this process, is when you graduate, the GPS feels like it ends. You're kind of on your own. And you got to figure out the path for yourself, figure out the direction on how to navigate life on your own. And that's what's so interesting about this transition because none of us, no one who's graduated college and joined the real world has gone through that. And it's kind of like you got to just go out and figure it out for yourself. And yeah, you'll have your parents, you'll have people who will support you. But at the end of the day, it's yours to take by the reins. And once you can put that in your head, it's like kind of crazy yeah, what you can adulting, do with that. Yeah, adulting is legit like the fake it till you make it, I guess, like game, I guess, because I feel like when I was growing up, I always, you know, I played with like Barbies and like Polly Pockets and like little make-believe worlds. And I always saw like adults as just, you know, having these certain things, whether it's you know, financial stability, like a good job, relationship stability, like good family, whatever. And it's all just so unstable. There is so much volatility in like what could actually come of the decisions that you make. And it's really just having those small leap of faith, I guess, accumulate into some major event that's allowing you to like progress into your adult maturity, I guess. But it's quite wild. And I want to know what y'all's mm-hmm. reality was like as y'all were graduating a couple of years ago, whereas Emma and I graduated in May and it's been very recent for us. So we, we like to call it your oh shit moment. Sorry for swearing, mom. But it's this moment where you look around and you realize you're by yourself. You have no idea what you're doing. You're in the real world. And to be honest, you're probably not happy. And that moment was my reality. And once I realized that this was not something I was thinking about, I wasn't thinking about my job. I wasn't thinking about moving to New York City. I wasn't thinking about being an adult. I was, I freaked out. And that's honestly what inspired Parker and I to start Elevation Nation. And we started it out of necessity, not because we thought we were going to make money. I literally called Parker and I was like, dude, you're my best friend. I'm miserable right now. Like, I'm living in an apartment in New York. I have no windows and no closet. I can't sleep. All I do is work. I am stressed. I'm not working out anymore. What, what am I doing? Is this really what the real world is? Is this what I worked 22 years of my life so hard for? Like, Why did I try to get good grades? Why did I join clubs? Why did I go to a good college? Why did I do all these things if this is my reality, if this is my adulthood? And I freaked out. And that was my reality for a long time until I slowly started to figure out that it wasn't necessarily my surroundings that needed to change or my job or where I lived or the apartment I was in. It was my mindset. And once I figured that out, my whole world changed. It's so funny because Sam is one of those guys that you would look at and be like, he's got it all together. Like, wow. Like, you know, he got great grades got a great job he's killing it at the job like he's a guy that you would literally go at and be like that's where i want to be but in reality i mean i was the same way too i internally was so lost i'll I'll give you a little story so sam and i both work at a big consulting firm we still do when we started at this at this company when we graduated college and i'll never forget this i was like already excited to go to work even though internally i was like kind of scared very scared 
And the first week, I remember one of the partners at the firm gave me this like task. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. I'm like so nervous talking to this partner, going to the office. Like, he's like, you got to do this. And it was so easy. Like now looking back, it is the most general, like a, a middle schooler could do this, but I overthought it way too much. So I did this over the course of the day. And I come back with all the things that he needed me to do for him. And I like had a mental breakdown in this conversation with him. And he like, we were going back and forth. I don't know what I was saying. And then he said, Parker, stop, stop for a second. And he got up and he said, I want you, he pulled up literally a presentation on communication skills and put it on the TV or whatever. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? And I was so deflated. I walked out of the room and at that point, and for weeks and months, it took me a year to get comfortable even working is because I lost touch with who I was. You know, what I brought to the table, those years where I put so much in, in high school, in college, the clubs, the leadership, the social circles, whatever, once I got to the real world, it's almost like it just ripped it out of me. And that's when Sam and I, when he felt that way too, we had that conversation like, we got to do something about this because we're not living this way anymore. First of all, thank you guys so much for just like being super open about those things that you went through because that perfectly sums up how I'm personally feeling right now and how I know other friends are feeling. I think one really good point that Sam brought up was his location. Like you can't, because yes, you were in this whole new place and you were saying that like you didn't even have windows and it was just like this, you know, somewhat like crappy apartment, right? And you were sort of like waiting for things to change and look better and all around like be better in order to get to a better place. But it's a mindset change. Like you can't just move away to this like glamorous city and like immediately things will just change overnight. And that's something that I think a lot of people deal with, especially after graduating college, because you're going through these four years of being on your own and being independent and thinking that you have it all together. And then if you don't have a job after college and you're, you know, looking for jobs, you move back in with your parents. And right now, like I'm personally in that space and it's very, very hard because I'm like, oh my gosh, I was once independent and now I am under my parents' roof and I feel like a kid again. And I feel like I'm not ever going to get out of here, but that's not true. And it's all like a mindset thing. And it doesn't matter like where you are physically. It's about like what you're doing internally in order to get to the next place. Yeah. I think college is such like a bubble. It's so sheltered. And y'all like really dealt with that initial shock of like, I'm at the bottom of the totem pole and I'm not as good as I thought it was like, surprise i guess because i really think that the hardest thing to accept when you leave college and also when you climb the ladder of success and you get put into like smaller and smaller pools of like really equally or more successful people it's hard to accept your mediocrity as something especially when you have this over glamorized vision of where you're supposed to be at that point and you also have a bit of like an ego around you know your past successes like you need to let go when you start fresh so my question is like is adulthood really harsh or are we just like too expectant of this 
like perfect, you know, puzzle pieces fit together reality that isn't true. And we grow up in this sheltered bubble that allows us to believe we're maybe better than we think we are. I know what Sam's thinking, because I think we're thinking the same exact thing. I'll let you go, and then I'll, I'll say I'll thumbs okay. up or something. We probably down. are. Because I see, I, I see you're blushing. blushing. It's either the red wine or the, <laughs> we're saying the same thing. But no, I, th- I think that's a fantastic question. And unfortunately, we live in a society where we have instant gratification and constant comparison. And by that, I mean we are addicted to our phones and social media. When you are consistently comparing yourself to other people, whether that's their reality or their social media reality, and when you constantly have answers at your fingertips, and we are used to getting anything we want right away. I can order a pizza. It'll be here in a minute. I can go on Amazon and get something overnighted, right? When we have both of those, that comparison and that instant gratification, I want you now to think about when our parents were growing up, or maybe even further, our grandparents, the quote-unquote American dream, right? They went out of, maybe they went to school, maybe they didn't. They got a job and they stayed in that job, that same job, whether it was a cashier working in an industry, trying to start their own business or you know, working up the corporate ladder. They did that. They bought a house with a white picket fence. They got a dog and they had two and a half kids. And they were satisfied. And they were happy. Because that's what everyone else around them was doing. And that's all they could compare themselves to. We now have the disadvantage where we are comparing ourselves to everyone across the world. That sucks. No wonder we all feel like crap. When you're comparing yourself to every single human being right now, our own age or older than us or younger than us, that's killing it and succeeding and doing amazing things or fake doing amazing things like I think most people are on social media, that's hard to compare it to. And it's difficult and it drains on us. And I think our generation is at a huge disadvantage because of that. And I think it's tough, unfortunately. So Sam poses a, a big problem with social media, the internet, the way that young people have grown up. And when you get in the real world, you see the success a lot more um, than you probably did maybe even college and high school, middle school, whatnot, because people get jobs. They are making money. They're living in those apartments, those cities, living this lavish lifestyle. But Sam and I think that there's a clear solution to it. And it comes back to the mindset, something we talked about earlier in this conversation. And it all starts with having self-awareness. It all starts with focusing on who you are. Because when we, all we care about is what everybody else is doing and every what, what this person is buying or this person... We're forgetting what we're really here for. We're really here to understand ourselves and how we're going to get to that point. Um, so, I mean, Sam, I, first of all, I was going to say exactly what you were saying, but it's scary. But at the same time, it's all a mindset game. And you guys know that too. You have unlimited access, just like you said, to so many different lives all around the world of people doing these things or looking like they're doing these things that are so successful 
And it's honestly just, I love social media. And obviously with having a podcast, you have to use social media, which makes it really hard to escape from that comparison game. But at the same time, it's just this infinite scrolling of comparison. And we talk Mm -hmm. about it a lot. It was our first episode because we just got so fed up with this, this device that literally contains so many different things, so many different lies that we tell ourselves. And so in more like practical terms, how would you how would you recommend someone actually stops comparing themselves to other people, like steps back from that whole habit that we all tend to have when it comes to social media? So we haven't Sam actually mentioned it once earlier in this conversation, but we think Sam and I, we even before we launched the Elevation Nation podcast, we researched this concept called mental fortitude for eight months. Literally at the beginning of COVID, we would meet every single day to discuss this concept, mental fortitude. That is what Sam and I needed. That is what young adults we feel like need to get over the hump. And I think it starts with a little mental fortitude to put the phone down, to not care what other people saying. And what do I mean by when I say mental fortitude? It is understanding who you are. It's understanding what you want and how you're going to get there. And if you can root yourself in those three buckets, self-awareness, vision, and accountability, then when you come to a challenging time, whether it's like really serious or as stupid as putting down your phone, you can ground yourself by, wait, what does Emma want right now? Like I know, like what does Emma want? And what does Emma need to do now today to get there? And maybe it starts with putting down the phone and going for a walk or putting down the phone and reading another page of your book that you're super interested in. And I don't know, Sam, but I think it's been working for me at least. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's partly your mindset, right? And and having the right mentality. But I think that's our podcasty solution, right? Like that's all well and good. And that's a hypothetical scenario, but a more tangible task that to be perfectly honest, I'm living right now is I've deleted social media from my phone. So I don't have anything on there and that makes life way harder for Parker. So I owe him many a beer um, because he's handling all the social media for the podcast. Um, but I feel awesome. Like, instead of swiping through Instagram and learning nothing, I check the news, right? Or I don't pick up my phone and, and I, yeah, old man. I mean, yeah, that's true. I am an old man. But like even just trying it for a week to see how you feel, just to realize that you don't actually need it. You don't need to grab your phone. You don't need to do it every single second. I bet you don't even realize how often you grab it and you know exactly where you need to put your thumb on your home screen to hit Instagram. My One of our good friends, Benny Kotler, was over the other day. I made him delete Instagram off his phone for the weekend that he was visiting me in DC. Five times he grabbed his phone just in a lull in a conversation and was like, oh, Instagram's not there anymore. Pick up how many times you do that. That's when you know it's become an addiction, right? Like when you are trying to fill awkward voids and gaps in conversation with scrolling and checking other people's lives. Like what if you replaced where the Instagram app was with Duolingo and you started learning a different language at that same time, right? Like when you have those awkward lulls. Or like the note. Yeah, write down an idea you have. You start writing some notes. So that's a more tangible. How you're feeling. A diary. Exactly. So like mindset, I agree. Parker's concept, mental fortitude. I think that's wholeheartedly the answer. But if people are looking for a more tactical, tangible solution, right? (laughs) Like 
See if you can do it. Like you might say, oh, I can do it. Like, of course I can get rid of so Do it. See if you can. I love that because I take social media breaks all the time and I literally do not or try my best mm-hmm. to not get on the app unless I'm the one like actually creating content or posting because I find that as soon as I fill my head up with noise, my self-esteem drops, my motivation drops. And that's not because that I'm not like excited about the things I'm doing. It's because I'm demotivated and I feel like what I'm going to do is never going to be enough. And that is such a debilitating like black hole to fall into. And the more noise that you put into your life, like I truly think it is honestly so toxic. So yeah, I totally agree. It's also another form of procrastination. And like if you are preventing yourself or if you're just afraid of going and doing the thing that scares you or doing a daunting task, social media is like the number one way to immediately sort of calm yourself and give yourself something else to focus on, which is so dumb. And I just, I really think that if it does take going to the level of like deleting the app or like what I've done is move it to a different folder on my phone. So that way it's not in the same place. So I don't like immediately go and look for it in that little like box that it's normally in that helps too. If it takes going to that level, like go to that level because people got along just fine before social media. People get along just fine now without it. I know multiple people without social media and I would like to have that sort of enlightened mind because (laughs) it really just causes a lot of mental mess. So, and just to add to that, Uh, I read a book recently called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And the whole book is about how you can pretty much like automate things in your life so that it can implement more habits in your life. And he basically makes the argument that you actually like if you are really addicted to social media, if that's the example we're talking about, you shouldn't just delete it right off the bat. Start with like using it five minutes less a day. And then maybe you graduate and you can do that and you can graduate to 10 minutes less a day. And you're probably thinking to yourself, wait, how can I time myself? You can actually set limits on your phone, on your iPhone. I don't know about Android, but you can set limits on your iPhone for how long you use apps. So what I've done is I've set a limit for TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, where I can use all of those apps in one day for only 30 minutes in total. And once it gets to the point of 30 minutes, it's done. I can't I can't use them for the rest of the day. And it's helped me tremendously. I'll be honest with you, on top of all of the, you know, social media we do for the Elevation Nation podcast and whatnot, I was like on social media like two, three hours a day. Just like reading, scrolling Twitter aimlessly. My girlfriend would be like, Why are you just scrolling? Like, are you reading it? She's like, Yeah, obviously. But <laughs> You know, when your girlfriend calls you out, when your guys are hanging together, Dude, that's when you know. I, I feel, feel that. Like. Dude, I feel that. <laughs> Definitely happened to me before. It's like, get off your phone and enjoy this real life conversation with someone that actually cares about you and is not just a digital image. So great point there. But guys, we want to close off with that. We could each share a quick tip about just breaking the mold because y'all have done this for a couple of years now, specifically in such a you know, hype, hyped up city, honestly, like New York. And then we'll get into endearing awkwardness. So excited to share some embarrassing stories. Uh, but Sam, if you want to give your tip. Yes, I would love to. So I think par- one thing Parker and I love to talk about at Elevation Nation and going back to our mindset is your comfort zone. And we all are accustomed to our comfort zone 
and just living inside that zone. So one thing that we like to do is find a way to push you outside of what's normal and what feels safe. Don't do anything crazy. I'm not advocating for that. I do not want to get sued. But I am saying, find something interesting. Find something unique that challenges you in a different way, that pushes you outside of your normal, and see if you can turn that into your comfort zone. So for me, it was meditating every morning. I hate sitting still. I like to always be running. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try meditating every morning. Now I have to meditate every morning. So you take what's uncomfortable and outside your comfort zone and try to see if you can turn that into your comfort zone. And I think you'll be surprised with some of the progress that you make. I love that, Sam. That's that's incredible. I mean, I couldn't agree with that more. Um, I'm going to also say it's okay to be introspective, um, especially as a young male. I feel like the norm is that you avoid introspection. Sam and I, you know, we love to get in our feels, but getting in your feels and writing how you're feeling down on a piece of paper and making that real and seeing that in front of you, rather than if you're feeling good or feeling bad or just like whatever, you're neutral, rather than having that just bundling up in your head is going to make such a difference in your day. Because when you're writing down maybe that thought of what you want to say at work or what you want to do, or you're upset that you this thing didn't happen, or you're super pumped that you had this other thing happen. But if you write it down and have it in front of you, it's real. It's there. And it's not just bundled up in your mind. And then it just goes, oh, gone. Because once you keep it in there, it probably will come back. So write it down, look at it, acknowledge it, have the self-awareness around that, and then just keep going with your day. A little introspection never hurts. And then for me, I would say that one day doesn't exist. One day is today. Because I think that a lot of us tend to say to ourselves, oh, one day like I'm going to do this. One day I'll have it all together. One day I'm going to be successful. And it's been made more clear than ever before that like that is such a vague thing to say. And so you literally have to start today with the things that you want to eventually accomplish later. Even if it's the, it's the smallest step toward that, let's say you want to start a podcast. It's coming up with the name for it. It's coming up with what you want to talk about. These small steps every single day are going to get you there eventually. So yeah, I stop like resting on this very ambiguous idea of one day because you don't know how many days you have left. So you should just start it as soon as possible. That is phenomenal. I totally agree. You're never going to be ready. So might as well jump into it. Mine is going to actually be inspired. So my boyfriend always tells me, let it go. Like that phrase, those three words are so powerful. And I realize that more and more because if we never let discouragement and a failure or a rejection or anything that just brought us down get to us, like how productive could we actually be? Like how motivated could we actually be if we just let things in the past stay in the past? I think we bring a lot of it into the present, into the future, and it affects us so much. And personally, like I get really discouraged if I don't wake up at a certain time and do like my morning routine or whatever. But like, why can't I just do that when I wake up, whenever I wake up? And why can't I just like do things that are good for me, like journaling, whatever, when I feel like it, rather than being discouraged that I didn't do it for the past week, you know? So I think that's so important. It's like the good things for you are always, they always <laughs> seem to be the hardest. 
Why why should that be the case? No, let's flip it. The, the bad things for you should be the hardest. The good things should be the easiest. If it were easy, everyone would do it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. That is very true. Make a good point, Emma. All right. Well, with that, we're going to get into our last segment, which is Endearing Awkwardness. This is our favorite segment, and I feel like y'all are going to have some really good stories. We just like to tell little anecdotes about things that happened to us that were funny and endearing. Sam, you can go ahead and take it away. Okay. So I'm going to throw it back to when I was at my job in New York City, and my first week um, when I was really struggling, right? Going back to that story that I told you guys, uh, I just didn't feel like I was in a good place. And I was a newbie to the subway and figuring it all out. And like a, you know, polite Midwestern boy that I am, once I got on the subway, I went into the corner, mind myself, like I didn't want to get in anybody's way. And then it filled up at Times Square and I couldn't get out. And I didn't realize that as a New Yorker, you need to just body people to get off when it's your stop. Like I thought people would move out of the way. So I'm just like in the corner trying to get off at my stop to go to the office. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse excuse me. Like nobody moves. Everyone's got their headphones in. I ended up like- Midwestern boy. Yeah, dude, it was a shell shock. And I ended up riding the subway like far, far north. like. I didn't want to get off. Like it was pretty far north. And so that was pretty embarrassing. And when I realized that I needed to be meaner and more aggressive in New York City, um, and yeah, lesson learned the hard way. So if you're on the subway, don't be afraid. Body people out of the way when you got to get off. Sam, I have another subway story for you. And this one tops it. It is awful. <laughs> okay. So I basically got this blue dress. This happened to me very recently, which is literally that much more mortifying i got this blue dress that i like absolutely fell in love with and i was like oh my gosh i'm gonna wear it today it's gonna be great and so i take my backpack with me and i have like my laptop my camera in there you know all the necessities i'm like you know gonna go cafe hopping here in korea and i'm like so excited and with my brother and i'm in the subway and i'm just like walking up the escalator and then my brother yet yells at me from like down like I'm like hurrying because I'm kind of a fast walker when I'm trying to get places and I'm hurrying and I'm like leading the way. And he's basically like yelling at me from the bottom of the subway. He's like, he's like, Desam, stop, stop. And I'm like, what's going on? And I get so annoyed because I think he's like annoyed that I'm like, you know, just leading the way, walking too fast as siblings do. So I just like stop. I just ignore him and I just keep walking. And then we hmm. get on the subway and then my brother's like, dude why didn't you stop and i was like well i don't want to like we're gonna miss our subway or bus whatever and he goes your dress was literally up i could see like everything like <laughs> like your backpack had like hitched it up and i'm not kidding like i could see everything and i was like oh my god like this is so so embarrassing <laughs> and i wanted to cry but it was oh already God. too late. Like I had walked up and mind you, this is like a super long escalator. Like I had to walk up like a ton of stairs and then get on the subway. And so, yeah, it was absolutely the most embarrassing moment of my life. And after that, like I will not be wearing that dress again, like with that backpack. <laughs> so, yeah. And your brother too. Your brother was kind enough to try to save you. <laughs> 
and you just pretty much gave him the middle finger. Yeah, I will never do that so, again. Dang. I respect him more now. So, <laughs> yes. I uh, won't have a subway story here. I Well, first of all, kudos to you guys. I feel like if you do this every podcast, you're going to have to come up with a lot of stories. Like every time something funny happens, you've got to write mm-hmm. it down. Um, <clears throat> so let's see my senior year of college going into senior year. I went to some buddy's house in the Hamptons. Parents have a beautiful house. Uh, it's got a pool. It's everything. It's just beautiful. We were all there. It's like four of our buddies. They, uh, you know, we were outside drinking some beers and, um, you know, the mother made a whole dinner steak hot dogs, you know, just all American dinner. And we sit down for dinner and I guess I was really hungry at that time. And I cut a piece of steak um, and I literally stand up at the dinner table. Like the, di- the, the table is full. I'm like, holy shit. I can't, I'm not talking. I'm like obviously choking. Like what's going on? And everyone's just like, what are you doing like you're just standing at the dinner table and then i was like no like obviously wasn't talking like when it actually happened you're like freaking out so my friend comes over runs over to me gives me the heimlich and i puke everywhere all over the dinner table all over the floor and everyone's like what just happened like holy shit but i'm still sitting there like Wait, guys, like, I don't feel good right now. I still am not good. So I could talk, but they were like, yeah, here's a glass of water. Like, just drink it. So every time I took a glass of water, I just kept spitting it back up. So then I was like, holy shit, it's still in my throat. The steak, the piece of steak. And I had this, like, massive panic attack. Meanwhile, like, his parents are like, what is going on with Parker? All my friends are laughing their ass off. We were going to go out in the Hamptons, have a great night, you know, bars and everything. And she's like, I got to call the police, the, the ambulance. So next thing you know, 911 in the Hamptons. Like, no one, like, you don't see, like, uh, an ambulance in, in the Hamptons very often. Literally just coming down the street as loud as can be. People come in, police officers, this and that, making check, checking my pulse. They're rushing me to the hospital at this point. So we get to the hospital and they're like, um, what's wrong? All this, you know, stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, I can feel it. They're like, you're good. We'll give you this muscle relax. It'll go down. I'm like, okay, sure. Sure enough. I'm there for three hours, not relaxed at all by the muscle relaxers. And they're like, yeah, we got to put you under. You have to get anesthesia and we have to pull this piece of steak out. It was lodged in my esophagus, and I didn't get home that night until 3.45 in the morning. Um, Obviously, my friend's nights were ruined, and yeah, it was pretty awkward and embarrassing. I choked on a piece of steak, and I had to get surgery because of it. (laughs) Okay, that that was the most iconic story that we've had on Endearing Awkwardness before because there's so many levels to that story. It took so many different turns. I was not expecting it to go there. <laughs> like, it wasn't even just endearingly awkward. You were actually in hospital. It was a night I'll never... Yeah. <laughs> there was a benefit that came out of this. For Parker's embarrassment, and Parker, as you both already know, is a very passionate man. So once he choked on his steak, he oh, ensured yeah. every single one of our friends 
got CPR and Heimlich trained. So now we all are good to go. If anybody chokes or anybody passes out in our friend group, like there will be 12 of us that'll be like, all right, let's go. We know what to do. All because of Parker. So we had, we had, uh, we had the f- a local firefighter in College Park come to our fraternity house, and you got 50 brothers doing the Heimlich and doing CPR training in the chapter house. Is amazing, absolutely amazing. <laughs> Maybe they thought I was a threat. Jesus Christ! You had that story ready, though. Like this is the perfect instance where you were able to tell it. So thank you so much. Um, okay, I'll go ahead and take it away for our last one, and then we'll close off, and you guys can plug your socials. But I was a senior in high school, and. I bring this up because this recently got brought up in front of my whole family and I had to relive it. But I was a senior in high school and it was football season. And I loved just like cheering the student section on with my friends. Like we were those obnoxious people like in the front of the student section that were just, you know, like leading all the chants and had like the posters and stuff. And so I start, I get on a friend's shoulders. She's super tall. And I start leading the student section in like a chant. And all is well. I'm just thinking like, wow, like life is amazing. I'm on top of the world. Like things are just like things are so great right now. And suddenly I get hit smack dab in the middle of the face with a foam football. And I'm like, what the heck? Like, first of all, it hurt because of the force that it was thrown with. And second of all, it was super embarrassing because it was in front of the entire student section. So my friends get super mad and they're like, hey, who threw that? Like, who did that? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like totally mortified. And then afterwards, <laughs> I will never forget, after the game, my brother and his girlfriend at the time come up to us and he's like, hey, did you like when I threw that ball in the, like at your face? And I got so mad because he like apparently he didn't mean to hit me but he meant to hit me and he did it in front of literally every single person in in our high school mind you our high school had like per class around 600 people so do with that information what you will but (laughs) it was really yeah it was i mean fine like brother things but (laughs) anyway girls i think the theme here is brothers they're either causing trouble or saving your butt (laughs) I don't know, both your stories involving your brothers. Stellar takeaway. That's great. Amazing. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for your amazing stories. Why don't you all go ahead and plug your socials? So I'll be doing all the social plugging tonight because Sam doesn't have social media, but you can follow me on Instagram at Parker Yablon. Literally no underscores or anything. Parker Yablon. And then actually follow me on Twitter. Instagram's cool. Twitter's where it's at. That's where I'm actually like plugging in my thoughts throughout the day and whatnot. And then, of course, Elevation Nation. We are building a nation of young adults. doesn't matter if you're in your high school years or you're in your late 20s. We're building a nation of young adults who are trying to figure out the real world. Sam and I release a podcast every Tuesday and every Thursday, and we have no plans on stopping. We brought on young people, old people, and everything in between, having conversations like we had tonight, just how to do this thing called the real world. So check us out, Elevation Nation underscore IO. But I bet you if you just type in Elevation Nation, it'll just pop up on Instagram. Obviously, our podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And Sam doesn't want to say it, but he does have Instagram. He may not check it, but you can follow him on Instagram 
at Sam Panich. It's actually Sam P. Panich or something like that, but Ooh, I'm sure you'll find me. Sorry. It's cool. I don't really care that much. <laughs> we'll have it all linked below, guys. As for us, make sure to follow us at Before We Make It on Instagram. We have new episodes every Thursday, every listen. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts if you made it this far. Just click that five-star button. It helps us so much with our reach. And if you are interested in editing podcasts and you have any experience at all, just let us know because we are looking to outsource that part, as you all know. Last but not least, if you're listening, here's a secret word for our Instagram post. Comment elevate on our recent post and we will know that you're a loyal listener. So bye, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.